Hello everybody. Today we're going to talk about lying. So get your Bible. Um, it's really important to see all the scriptures in the Bible yourself or write down the scriptures and, um, you know, look at them later because it's really important for you to read in the word of God yourself. Have you ever heard the expression liar, liar, pants on fire? Well, I think that probably came from, you know, the Bible talks over and over again that liars have their place in hell. And so we don't want to end up there. We think that lying is much more common now than it used to be because we see and hear lies all the time. But I think it's probably always been this bad. The first lie that was recorded was in the Garden of Eden when the serpent lied to Eve. And the sad thing is, is that Eve believed that lie. In Genesis 3-4, Genesis 3-4, it says, You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. And the woman believed him, and she partook of the fruit. She deceived her husband into also doing that, and they died spiritually at that time. So there have been some really pretty famous lies throughout history. The top of the list has to go to Adolf Hitler. He is the poster boy of lies. His Nazi propaganda brainwashed much of his country. The lies propagated by Hitler resulted in the deaths of over 17 million people. So he was a pretty prolific liar. When people, including many in the Nazi party, most church leaders, and uh, the Jewish people were told that Jews were going to be... Um, rounded up and exterminated, the common reply was, no, no, that can't be true. That could not possibly be true. So people would not believe the truth, but they believed the lies that they told themselves that it couldn't be true. Hitler manipulated people by putting enough goodies in his in with his lies that he could win people over. The love of country, jobs, which he provided, financial recovery for the country, and even two weeks paid vacation for everyone in the country. Not believing the truth about Hitler led to horrific consequences. Another well-known lie was the Watergate scandal. In 1972, five men broke into the Democratic National Committee headquarters in the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C. They bugged... Um, phone, office phones, and they stole documents. And the spies were arrested a month later when they did the same thing again. So these men worked for President Nixon's re-election campaign, and President Nixon lied to the whole country and said he didn't know anything about it, he wasn't involved, you know, I know nothing about it. People believed his lie, and he was re-elected. They believed him so much, they believed a lie so much that they went out and voted for him. He was eventually exposed and had to resign from, and, and he resigned from office. People would not believe the truth that was revealed, but lied to themselves and voted for a criminal who had to leave office anyway. Another person, there was a lot of lies in their political campaign was JFK. His father paid um, for campaign materials to be printed, criticizing his son for being a Catholic. But he put them out as being uh, propagated by the opposing political party. And people were so outraged that the opposing political party would criticize that he was a Catholic 
that people voted for JFK in droves just, just on that account, and his father had schemed the whole thing, and it was a lie. Another famous example is um, Charles Ponzi, the, the man whom um, the Ponzi scheme is na named after. He made a fortune off of lying to people. In 1920, Ponzi uh, tricked thousands of New England residents into investing in a postage stamp investment scheme. At the climax or the height of his huge scam, so many people believed his lies that he raked in $250,000 a day in 1920. So that'd be about $3 million a day that he was raking in because of lies. His scams did catch up with him and he was charged with 86 counts of mail fraud. Then there's the story of uh, Tanya Head. Have you ever heard of her? She claimed she was inside the Twin Towers on 9-11 and um, she had crawled through smoke and fire to escape and she ended up with severe burns on her hands. Uh, she claimed her fiance was killed in the attack. She became the president of the World Trade Center Survivors uh, Network, uh, network support group and was interviewed by news agencies and posed with all kinds of elected officials and diplomats. The truth is she was in Par Barcelona, Spain when uh, the Twin Towers were attacked. And um, the first time she was in the United States even was 2003. Many people believed her, even though they said, oh, there were things about her story that just didn't really add up. But they believed her lies. The most recent big lie this month <laughs> that I know of is people trying to say that the January 6th attacks at the Capitol were not violent. Police officers were cut, uh, cussed at, viciously beaten, bear spray was sprayed at them. Um, rocks, big rocks were thrown at them. Fire extinguishers were thrown at them. They were beaten with flagpoles and, and, and all kinds of things. Uh, the rioters smeared feces and urine throughout the Capitol building. Windows were broken. A hundred police officers were injured. Property was damaged. A gallows was erected to hang uh, the vice president along with chance to hang Mike Pence. And seven deaths were attributed to that day. The Republican National Committee came without, out with a resolution on February 4th of this year stating that the people involved in the insurrection were ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. So a person can see with their eyes and hear with their ears the events for themselves and unfortunately decide to believe a lie. The Bible has a lot to say about truth and lies. In the New Testament, deceive, deceiving, de uh, deception, um, deceivers is mentioned 23 times. And also lies and lying and liars are mentioned 28 times. So it's something that's brought up repeatedly in the Bible and in the New Testament. But in the New Testament, the truth is brought out 128 times. So the truth needs to be more important than lies. In uh, John, the eighth chapter, Jesus calls Satan a liar and the father of lies. So if we uh, don't want to be associated with Satan, we don't want to be associated with lies. We want to tell the truth and we want to believe the truth.
In Proverbs um, 12, verse 22, Proverbs verse 12, or Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, it says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. What that means is that they are wicked to the Lord, they're loathsome, they're disgusting. So lies and lying lips are disgusting to the Lord. In Proverbs 6, um, seven things are listed that the Lord hates and finds abominable. Two of those have to do with lying. In Jeremiah 17, 9, Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and is beyond cure. Who can understand it? So we can see in this scripture that our hearts can actually lie to us. Our hearts can, can accommodate lies that we tell ourselves. So we can believe, uh, we can lie to others and we can lie to ourselves. We can believe the lies other people tell us and we can believe the lies that we tell ourselves. So today I'm going to talk about the lies that, the lies that we tell ourselves. So I'm going to encourage you, don't lie to yourself. In, uh, Psalm 119 verse 29, it says, keep me from deceitful ways. Be glorious to me through your law. Now, I want the Lord to keep me from deceitful ways. I want him to help me to not lie to myself or believe lies about myself. In the um, NLT version of, of that uh, scripture, 119, Psalm 119, 29, it says, keep me from lying to myself. So we want the Lord to help uh, keep us from lying to ourselves. You know, you think, well, what, what in the world does that mean? How could a person lie to themselves? They can lie to themselves by saying, I'm not good enough, I'm, or I'm better than those people, that God doesn't love me, God doesn't listen to me, I can't do anything right, my abusive partner won't abuse me another time, or I can get away with this sin or that sin, those little subtle thoughts in your mind that, that, you, that you let go, you know, well, I can get away with this, or nobody will know that I did this, and so uh, I can get away with it. Or I can abuse my body, and nothing bad will happen. Those kinds of lies are also an abomination to the Lord because they are not the truth. And the Lord uh, finds pleasure in the truth. The worst thing that we can lie to ourselves about is uh, about spiritual matters and matters that affect our eternity. You know, there's so many people, I think we all have done it, but so many people lie to themselves about God, about heaven and hell and eternal judgment. Maybe you have lied to yourself about it. You know, examples of lies about the Lord is that he doesn't really exist, or there's many paths to heaven, or everyone goes to a better place, or when people die, they become angels and they watch over us. But none of those things are in the Bible. None of those things are true, but many of us believe those things. Remember uh, when Satan told the woman, uh, told Eve, you shall not surely die, and she believed it? Well, many people believe that when they uh, die, they will not face a, face a judgment day. They will not face a creator. They will not be held accountable for whether they followed the Lord or not. So I'm going to turn, I'm going to read from Romans, the first chapter, and it gives quite a story about um, the Lord and those who believe in him and those who refuse to believe in him and what happens to them. So listen as I read it, and I encourage you to read it along or look it up later. 
and listen as I'm reading this for instances where people refuse to acknowledge the truth, thus lying to themselves, and then see also what the consequences are. Romans 1, verse 18. The wrath of God. Now that's one thing that a lot of people lie about. They do not believe, they lie to themselves, they do not believe that God has any wrath or any judgment or any anger. So let's read. The wrath of God. So the first point is that there is a wrath of God. Is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So we see here that these people are lying. They're lying uh, and covering up the truth. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and, and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. So we see here that, that the word of God is saying that um, God, you know, is very plain to people. It's He is um, not hidden that uh, when people say there is no God, that they're suppressing the truth and that God has made it plain to them that he exists. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what he has made so that men are without excuse. So it says here that we can clearly see that God exists through creation and if we deny him or say that he doesn't exist, we are without excuse and we're lying to ourselves. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So this shows us a process that happens when we refuse to believe the truth, the truth about God, when we suppress the truth, when we lie to ourselves, it says that our thinking becomes futile and our hearts become darkened. In other words, you know, we can deny the truth so long that we cannot no longer even see the truth. Verse 22, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. So another thing that happens when we deny the truth is we become fools. We exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Verse 24, therefore, therefore, and that means that because of their rejection of the truth, their suppression of the truth, God gave them over. He just handed them over because they refused to believe. He gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexually impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Now get this verse, verse 25. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. So they lied to themselves. They said that the truth of God does not exist. I don't believe it. I believe I'm going to believe this lie instead of God, instead of what God has to say. So they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Verse 26, because of this, because they exchanged on purpose, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. God gave them over. Here we see that again. God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. 
In the same way, the men also abandoned their natural reactions, relations with women, and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty of their perversion. See, we can see the results of lying to ourselves about God is that God gives us over to perversion. Verse 28, therefore, or furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, or they did not think it worthwhile to believe the truth, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. So even though they know the truth, and they know the truth about their lives, that the, their wicked deeds will produce death, they keep on doing those things, and they even approve of other people who do them. The result of lying. The result of lying to ourselves about God, his rules, his judgments, our eternal security. Um, lies can all destroy that. God is saying here that all people who have been born can see from creation that there is a creator. When they lie to themselves and say there is no God, God turns them over to delusion. And what delusion means is a belief or impression that is fully ma firmly maintained despite being contradicted by what is generally accepted as reality or rational argument. In other words, they can't see the truth. All they can see is a delusion. All they can see is something that's not real. And God hands people over to that if they refuse and refuse and refuse to believe the truth. In um, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 10, it's talking about when the Antichrist appears. It says, it's talking about people. It says, they perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion uh, so that they will believe a lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. And in the NLT, it says that they were greatly deceived. In other words, we can get to a point in lying to ourselves about God and lying about that there's no results of sin and lying we can, about we can do whatever we want and we can uh, be haters of God. And you can lie to yourself to such, such an extent that God will hand you over to be deceived even more to great delusion so that you could not even see the truth anymore. In uh, Revelation 21.8, this is talking about the end of the ages. It says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So we see here that liars, uh, the people that are uh, have no faith in God, um, they'll be turned over. Their portion is in the lake of fire. 
So the question is, have you been telling yourself the truth? Uh, we want to tell ourselves the truth about something this important um, that has this many consequences for our eternal destiny. In John 8, 32, Jesus says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free from uh, any lies you've been telling yourself or the lies you've been told about the Lord that that there is no judgment, that any way can take you to heaven, that you know all you have to do is be a good person and you can go to heaven. Um, the Bible says in uh, Romans 3, 23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory short of the glory of God. There is not one person that has ever lived on the face of this earth except Jesus Christ who has not sinned in some way sometime in their life. And because of our sin, we can't enter heaven on our own. In Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the Lord loves us so much, God loves us so much, that he provided a way to be with him and be his children, knowing that there's no way that we could do it on our own. He sent Jesus Christ for us. In John 3.16, it says, um, I'm sorry, in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, perish but shall have eternal life. For God did not send his world, his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. In other words, truth has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. In other words, men loved a lie because instead of the truth because they wanted to keep committing evil deeds. Everyone who hates light hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly uh, seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So God loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ to be a sacrifice and to cover up and to wash out, completely wash away your sins. And when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that our, our sins are washed away and we become a child of God. In Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. You know, a lot of times in our day and age, we just say, oh, well, I believe in Jesus. You know, Jesus is my Lord. Um, but this scripture um, is a lot deeper than that. When this was written, if you decided to believe in Jesus, you were likely going to be shunned by your family you're uh, maybe going to lose your occupation and possibly go to jail, be beaten, uh, be, be hung, uh, be eaten by lions. There were a lot of consequences. It was a life-changing, totally life-changing decision to proclaim Jesus as Lord. And in the Roman world, this was written to the Romans. Um, their, their Caesar was their Lord. 
And for them to say Jesus is Lord was uh, was a very, very serious thing and had very serious consequences. So our decision to take Jesus as our Lord and Savior, to believe in him, to repent of our sins, should be a very consequential moment in our life, a life-changing moment, a, a time that's marked uh, for our whole lives, that that's when I decided to repent of my sins and uh, believe in Jesus and take him as my Lord and Savior. In uh, Romans ten thirteen, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, save me. So I just encourage you not to lie to yourself. One day you will die. You will only go to heaven if you have repented of your sins and put your whole trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And don't believe anything else. This is what the Bible says. You can never be good enough to go to heaven. That is why we need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need the sacrifice that he made on the cross. He died for us. His sacrifice on the cross made forgiveness available to us. Well, I hope you benefited from this today. I really want you to think about whether you've been believing lies about God or if you've been telling yourself lies or whether you've been um, believing the truth. And I'm going to uh, lead you in a prayer. If you would like to turn your life around and make sure you're going to heaven and start serving the Lord Jesus, just uh, pray this with me. Dear Father, I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for the sinful life that I've led. Right now, I decide, I believe, I trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that he made for me. I thank you, Lord, that his blood was spilled so that my sins could be forgiven. I thank you, Lord, that my sins are forgiven, and I take Jesus Christ as my Lord, and I follow him now. I follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you welcome me into your family, that I'm a child of God, and that you love and care for me. And I thank you for it. Amen. Well, if you've prayed that prayer, I want you to contact us. Just leave a, a message below this sermon if you're watching it on Facebook or YouTube, or you can call us or you can email us, and uh, we would love to hear from you. And we just pray for you that God would shine a light in your heart and uh, reveal his word to you and that you would have a great uh, life serving the Lord and eternal destiny, eternal home with the Lord Jesus Christ. Bye-bye.